Welcome to the Thought Lounge Podcast. My name is Colin Walker. I've narrated and produced the last 25 Thought Lounge podcasts. And with that long overdue introduction of myself, I'm here on my last Thought Lounge podcast to pass the torch and introduce a new era. CEO and founder of Thought Lounge, Axel Kramer, will now be the host and producer of the Thought Lounge podcast, still bringing you the same awesome content, but with a different voice. And what's a better way to transition than to have an episode with Axel in a Thought Lounge session on the topic of the conscious use of technology? Enjoy. So I'll start off by um, just mentioning a story that I uh, heard from a friend when um, the other day we were talking about the conscious use of technology and um, sort of at what distance should we keep ourselves from technology uh, before it sort of inhibits our our relationships and she was telling me a story about this uh, about her niece 15 year old girl and she basically was at a party with her and the girl was on her phone the whole time the whole time and this is a common thing we've all seen this but sort of the uncommon thing thing was that uh, they, they the mom took her phone away from her and said that's it you know like I'm totally sick of this you, you're not making you're not making eye contact with people you're not engaging with anybody like we want you here not you and your phone and the girl just threw fit, full on tears, as if you had ripped out a cell in each part of her body, you know? Cause it, and so that's not what the, my, how my friend told the story, but that just, she started throwing a fit. And the analogy that I had in my head was like, yeah, she just had a little piece of every part of her ripped out because it is that integrated with her. Um, so it sort of got me to continue to thinking about really how close we are to technology today um like in the past we our tools were they become extensions of our bodies when we pick them up and they stop being extensions of our bodies when we put them down you'd use a wrench it'd be useful you'd put it down um in contrast phones are these incredible multi-tools and they're different also because all the that physical action to use them there is all the same it's getting to a point especially with inventions like Google Glass and virtual reality where um, where it's like it, you think it and it happens. It's not you do something and it happens. And it's not obvious to other people the expectations they should have of you for how you should use it. So I could be sending money across the world when I'm talking to you or I could be talking to somebody across the world. Um, I could be ordering food. Pretty much anything, our phone is developing a tool for it. Um, so they're becoming very much us. My question that I constantly ask myself is basically how to consciously use these, this multi-tool. And I think it takes a lot more effort than we give it credit for because it is, it does so many things to us. Um, and I also ask what sort of core human values and experiences are lost in the process of using just this one. Um, there's a great book that I just read by Sherry Turkle. She's a professor from MIT and um, the head of the media lab there and uh, is called Reclaiming Conversation. And it just examines in depth each of these questions. What does text messaging do to your romantic relationships? How about your relationship with your daughter? What about in education? Um, and across the board, one of the main factors that it approaches is this loss of ability to empathize. Um, with one another. Um, so yeah, we have all these great apps. 
you know, Tinder sidesteps that awkwardness in relationships, but some it's that awkwardness and that buildup that is really what gives it strength. Um, and you lose the community around you that's meeting that person, that your friends engaging with that person in a romantic relationship. That's important. And your family. You know, you look at divorce rates, it's like so much higher here even than it is in India where they just, or, you know, not always in India now, but where they would have um, arranged marriages and it would work out better because they'd have the support of their families, the support of their friends. And I could do this, I could go on in pretty much every app, every scenario, you lose something and you get something. So basically my question, I'd like to hear your, your personal experiences and your thoughts, just I, I put a lot out there, um, on what distance we should keep ourselves from technology in order not to encroach on our human values and experiences. And will it be possible, this is another question, sort of separate, sort of the same. Will it be possible to implement such a philosophy before it's too late? Or is that asking too much of a conscious effort from society as a whole? I immediately go to the scientist over here and just, <laughs> I, I just think there, there's stuff going on in the brain and not going on in the brain when you're looking at a screen as opposed to engaging pre with, with your present surroundings, right? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, just hormones and cytokines and different signals back and forth in the body that are activated when it's human to human, face to face, eye to eye type of contact versus screen to screen. And I think a lot of that gets lost. And and I don't know, I don't know if it's lost forever or detrained. Might be a better word. Is, is the, so that I guess that would be kind of one of my concerns. And. And from my own experience, we have um, two foster kids that we're taking care of now, and they have visitations with their mom, but I watch these visitations, and and mom really doesn't know how to, to deal with them necessarily, so basically it's two minutes of, hey, how you doing, a couple hugs, and then hands them an iPad, and for the next hour, they're kind of on their individual devices, and that's their visitation. And you see it some with, you know, students will be at the party texting each other, you know, from five feet away or whatever else. And that in itself isn't so bad, but I wonder if you start to lose some of those aspects of the brain signaling each other in terms of the human-human the contact and a lot of things that come with that over time. I don't know. That would be the empathy piece exactly. also, of not having that, that, that understanding of another human being. Even uh, another thing that that made me think about was a fear of boredom. And the mom gets a little bit nervous. I don't know how to deal mm -hmm. with this situation. Here's an iPad. We have the same thing. When we're nervous, we turn to our phones. Um, yeah. And I think there's a little bit of that of, on one hand, the technology is amazing. You can look something up. The uh, information is right there, and you can do stuff with it, and, and it, it can be extremely beneficial. I can't even imagine going back 10 years and, you know, trying to teach some of my courses with some of the, you know, without the technology we have now. But at the same time, you can become too dependent on it and lose the capability of creativity and things like that because there's there really is something to being bored every now and then and having to fill your time in, in a creative way. That's one of the bigger arguments in the, the Cherry Turkle's book, too, is that a lot of the creative or creativity uh, comes when you're just in solitude, and that feeds into 
or that thinking that you do when you're alone feeds into how well you perform in a conversation because you are coming to terms with the stuff that you had a conversation about in the past or in the last day. And then you bring that new perspective to the next conversation and it builds upon itself in a healthy way. Like I guess you'd say it trains your brain, <laughs> but, and then you lose that training. Have you all seen that Louis C.K. routine that he does uh, about why we keep turning to our phones? <laughs> the one in, where he's like in the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and I, I'm, I'm not sure he's wrong, but, but I'm not sure his, his conclusion is completely right. He, he says the motive is that because fundamentally we're sad. We're just sad people, <laughs> and, and we don't, and uh, we just don't want to live with that uh, that emotion at all. And so we need this distraction. I'm not I'm not sure if it's sadness as much as it is just an inability to uh, to just be fully present. But sadness strikes me as that would that really would be disturbing if that's the reason why everybody's on their phones instead of just having a moment of solitude, you know, I, the, the number of times I see out in your old neighborhoods in Point Loma, kids on skateboards who are also on their phones. That just, I find that astonishing. Going down Catalina Boulevard, a kid on a skateboard who's also on his phone, I'm just thinking, oh man, maybe just enjoy the skateboard. Or maybe try not to get run over, you know? Not to mention the people that fall off the cliffs taking <laughs> selfies. How awesome was that? <laughs> I know. I, that wasn't anybody's relative here, was it? No. no. Okay. <laughs> when when I, I saw that, I just thought, well, yeah. I mean, it served you right. Well, in Pokemon Go. <laughs> Pokemon Go is a great example. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, that's. I have nothing against Pokemon Go, but, you know, some of the arguments I'm getting from my students is, oh, this is a great way to get people together and get them out and active. <laughs> get them together <laughs> just kind of walking around looking at their phones but uh, you have to incorporate other things as well I love that there was a sign I was going across the Coronado Bridge this weekend and, it, and there was a big electronic sign that says no Pokemon Go and driving <laughs> oh my god really we, we need to be reminded of that yeah. by a Caltrans sign or even uh, yesterday I, I work at a um, at a restaurant a night a week and you know guy and girl on a date I'm looking over the guy's mm -hmm. shoulder. He's on Pokemon Go. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And, and actually, one of the saddest sights I have is when I see parents and their kids, like at a restaurant. Yeah. And and it's and the the part that doesn't bother me is it, it's not if the kids are on their phones. It's if the parent is on the phone and the kids are just either kind of looking around or, you know, just trying to figure something out. But I just I just think, dude, be here, be here, for your kids' sake. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I do wonder about, okay, so what's this, what are some of these generations going to look like 10 or 15 or 20 years from now? Um, what's the interaction going to be like? What's the, in, the intimacy going to be like um, if the whole time we've been together, we've been just kind of not actually been present for one another? On the one hand, then on the other hand, you just think, children right now have to be the most videoed generation ever because I mean does any time a kid does anything now my gosh it's being posted by their parents and I, sometimes I just think that a, a kid what if I just wanted to just be here and just eat my breakfast without you taking a video of it I don't know I, I think it's gonna have some interesting 
sociological implications. So what about um, how we can stop doing that, stop using our technology unconsciously? Like, I mean, we were talking about like a social media, kind of a social media campaign slash multimedia campaign um, to get people to just like be aware of how they use it. Um, but that seems like a really hard thing to do, just like getting <laughs> getting people to just think about it before they mindlessly scroll through Instagram or Facebook or something. Well, how, how do you do it with your friends? If you're all out together and you see that people are, um, are on their phones the whole time, how do you get them to stop? Just interpersonally. Well, that's... That's a tough thing. That takes like a sort of personality that's able to like step up and confront a friend about something that they don't see as a problem. And most of the time, I think for in my group of friends, all I, I am the type of person who can do that, but I'll almost always let it go. Um, I think it's something that needs to be nipped in the bud. People need to, th- before that happens, yeah. they need to take time to think about it before it gets to that point. They need mentors who have shown them how to do it right, like you're saying, with the uh, parents who are mm-hmm. modeling it poorly. It's because they were never taught the digital etiquette. Yeah, yeah. But I don't have an answer for it. And a social media campaign seems a little paradoxical. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be like... Yeah. I had one last thought. I don't know if we're out of time. But please. Um, the thing that kind of hit me is almost like the carbon counting for the... Um, for the earth. Uh, it's something that we become so dependent on technology in that way and it's really hard not to do some of these things but we have to for the for the earth and so you start keeping track of how much you're using and you kind of earn credits for it and things like that and and what we do with our kids kind of is they have a limit on the amount of phone time they use and whatever else but they can also earn things like if they go read a book they can earn a little bit more if they're actually uh, out of the park a little bit so you're kind of earning carbon credits or something like that. I don't know if that's the best way but you know you, you start to realize how much you're actually on it if you keep track of it and then kind of and they find that they really like being at the park better sometimes that's really interesting I did the same thing with my kids and uh, so it was like almost like an allowance every week here's how many how many minutes or hours you, you can spend on this stuff and then they could negotiate and hopefully it trains them when they get older. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I'm going to have one last concluding thought <laughs> for myself is just that what happens when the technology becomes so integrated or do we let it become so integrated with our lives that that idea of the time away, that time down is non-existent? Um, and that's where I think that this, this uh, need for everybody to have their own manifesto about it <laughs> is comes in. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thought Lounge podcast. And thank you for being a part of the Thought Lounge community. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can always reach us by visiting thoughtlounge.org. Till next time, good thinking always.